Mike's Daily Podcast. Oh, it's good to be with you today. I took a little time off. Mike's Daily Podcast. It is Mike's Daily Podcast. I do a bunch of podcasts in a row. Sometimes I have to take a break. And that's my name. It's Mike Matthews, and that's my real name. It's not a fake. I sometimes like to eat a steak. No, actually, I never eat a steak. It's been a long time. Oh, wait, no. I had steak in my burrito on Friday. There was uh, steak and shrimp. It's what they do. Mike's Daily Podcast. At this burrito shop near me in Podcastro Valley. But it's episode 2426 Mike's Yours truly will be heading up to Podcast. Or sideways to yeah. Sacramento tomorrow. I've got to do some stuff with my job, and I have not been to Sacramento in probably 10 years, so this will be good to look. take a look around. I think it's going to be in the 80s, ain't going to be too crazy hot yet, and I'll be there to take care of some stuff for my job. I want to thank a lot of people that have been listening lately. Apparently, I had over 70 plays. Is that true? Something I saw that on uh, my from Spreaker because I am on Spreaker I'm a myriad of places that you can listen to this podcast so if you don't like exactly the platform you're listening to this right now there are many many others and you can see them all at mikesdailypodcast.com I always list them in all my blog posts because my blog posts get sent out not only to my website but also over to WordPress and a couple other places so people can click on that just spreading the news of Mike's Daily Podcast to try and help you try and help the world one thing that has really been getting into my brain lately is the whole situation with how we write emails to each other because we're doing it more than ever now and yes we're texting each other but because you can open emails on your phone people are emailing from their phones just like they would text and here's today's The podcast picture is from a recent trip to Daytona Beach. I was there with my lovely lady friend. And yes, it had to do with my mom. And she passed away in February on Valentine's Day. And it was a very rough time. I had to go there and take care of stuff affiliated with my mom, her estate and whatnot. Oh, the late great Basil the Boxer. He, he uh, is someone that I talk about on every podcast because he's a great dog. And my lovely lady friend and I were thinking about adopting an older dog, like a 13-year-old dog. We were thinking about it, and I'm like, wait a minute. You realize that, okay, first off, Basil didn't make it to 13, but that was rough. The the rough And I use the word fittingly Because he's a dog And that's what he said was rough But you know At some point My job And everything Takes up so much of my time I would like to Help out and adopt older dogs That would be great for me And and I think would It's something I really really want to do At some point But I can't do it now I absolutely can't do it now And part of my reason for going to Sacramento Is because my work is going to Basically change out its whole system uh, A very important system Involving computers and programming and whatnot And I gotta learn that And it's gonna take up a lot of my time 
and this is going to be a very, very stressful year that attached with my mom and her passing lately. It's just been a very stressful 2022. So this would not be a good year. Now, a year ago, I had a lot of stuff going on. My work bought two stations, two radio stations, and I had to suddenly help with bringing those stations on board and into our system, incorporating them into our system. And a lot was going on at that time. Suddenly, my lovely lady friend says, hey, we're going to take, there's a stray cat that needs our care. We're going to take him. And I was like, what? No, you handle that. That's your baby. That's your project. I've got this other huge project sucking up all my time. I have no time. She goes, fine, I'll do that. We did that. The cat's name was Rodler. I named him after the type of beer that they have in Germany that has lemonade infused in it. Kind of like, I guess, what we call a shanty out here. And they, the Rodler became a wonderful, kind, loving cat after a rough couple of months. And he unfortunately vanished just about two months ago, shortly after my mom passed away. So, yes, it's been a horrible 2022. But I will say that at some point, I would like to help out older dogs. And I have a, I, I, I really think. After all the years I spent with Basil I really understand Dogs I, I, I took a class In how to Train dogs And to Be able to Train and Manage A boxer And to Manage other dogs And so I think at some point I'd like to go back to that But It is tough work It's very emotional If something bad Happens to the dog If you know They just They will not Age like we do They Supposedly They live It's not seven years Per human year It's more like four But I think that accelerates From what I've seen visually That accelerates dramatically up To probably seven, eight, nine, ten. The older they get So we'll see But At the moment Yours truly Is in a world Of emailing Probably as you are Now Nick Darlington Wrote this for Front.com And Nick said this He said Don't respond to an email When emotional And that's something That a lot of us don't do I Have This tendency To when I'm writing an email And I'm emotional By the time I get to the email And I'm very big on proofreading What I write Uh, And that should be something also that you do as someone who emails. You should proofread. Because also proofreading gives you time and it, it forces you to stop and take a step back and look at what you just wrote and go, wait a minute, what are going to be the repercussions of what I've just written? And I've just gone ahead and I didn't delete. I actually copied and pasted to a Word document that I saved in a file that nobody can get to in a folder in a... In a drive or something somewhere that no one can get to But I did take that away from anything related to my workplace And went, yeah So take a step back Proofread your emails The, The spelling, the grammar mistakes It just looks terrible You look unprofessional And people don't realize that as we go outside a cafe anyway Where you're bringing Mike's Daily Podcast somewhere in Podcaster Valley 
10. Podcastro Valley 10, the last place on earth here at Cafe Anyway Outside. People, birds, birds that are here outside of Cafe Anyway, all of y'all. You do not look professional. You do not look smart if you include spelling mistakes and grammar mistakes. No, no, no. It's not just me. It's everyone sees that and goes, "Uh uh-oh, uh-oh. That's why Grammarly is doing so well these days. I'm seeing Grammarly commercials all over the place. So proofread, proofread, proofread. Maybe have a fellow colleague proofread your email if it's going to be a really important email. Follow a proper email format. You got to have your subject line. Describe what the email is about. Don't ever send an email with no nothing with an empty subject line. I will delete that email faster than you can say, "Hey, what the?" Deleted. No, no, no. I don't care how high up on the chain you are in management, in the company, in the world. If you don't put something in the subject line, it's deleted. It goes right into junk. I'm going to even spam y'all. I'm using y'all a lot today. Am I, am I Southern all of a sudden? I'm, well, I grew up in Southern California, but nope, that's not the same. Email greeting. Mention the recipient's name and add a proper greeting. I do this generally, except for when I'm talking to many people. Now, it's not really an excuse because a lot of email uh, platforms will see that, you know, who you've put in the sub, uh, uh, in the send, who you've got, what emails you've got ready to go, who, who you're sending it to. They see the addresses, right? So they'll automatically look at the first name and go, oh, you must be talking, see if is it Bob something something at gmail.com or whatever. It will put Bob, hi Bob, or something. It will, it will, uh, Suggest that to you So It's a good idea to put An email greeting of some kind Then of course Have Your name in the sign off It's a good idea I sometimes don't do that either If it's something quick If it's to a lot of people But yeah you should put the signature in there Check that the recipient's name Is correct Another way Uh, In the proofreading process You should make sure that you've not misspelled Someone's name You can go to their LinkedIn profile to check or Maybe a company directory to check Or ask someone Use emojis sparingly Yes Sparingly It may be okay in text but not so much in emails. Once in a while, here and there, for effect, but really. Use shorthand in specific circumstances only. It's fast and efficient, probably the only way to stay sane when your inbox is full. However, shorthand is generally suitable in specific circumstances when communicating directly with a colleague. If you're unsure, err on the side of caution. Write the email out in full. Keep emails concise. 
The magic number is 50 to 200 words According to research Shorter is better People receive a lot of emails today Don't forget that People are getting lots of emails Avoid niceties like I hope you had a great weekend Just get to the point Ensure that the subject line is short and specific It should be 10 words or less Aim for 7 According to market data Subject lines with 7 or fewer words Get opened more There should also be Specific uh, in, in other words If you're emailing a colleague For a project update Don't title it Checking in Rather say Checking in About the project Name Whatever it is Make sure your subject lines Are hitting the mark Think about your recipient Who you're emailing to Your connection Think about how to grab The reviewer's attention Mention a problem Your product solves Or Credibility Spamming your prospect's inbox with a deceptive subject line that encourages opens only causes distrust. Be honest. It's not a follow-up email. If it, if it is not a follow-up email, don't act like it is. Use proper salutations. Now, steer, steer away from formal greetings like Dear sir or dear madam Why? Nick says First these expressions may not reflect a person's gender Second they fail to mention the receiver's name Making them impersonal This is a particular no-no for cold emailing It suggests you haven't done proper research on the prospect So why would they consider your email? Okay You could say Their name you know, we say hello, hi, whatever their name is Greetings, good morning, good evening Check the email tone Getting the tone right over an email is hard Interpreting it is even harder The American Psychological Association says that people overestimated a recipient's ability to identify if an email's tone was serious or sarcastic they wrongly believed 80% would get it right when roughly 56% did. So avoid sarcasm. They may not understand it and take it the wrong way. Frame your email positively. Use positive words instead of negative ones. Positive versus negative. Respond to emails promptly. This is what this says now. According to <laughs> some people, I respond a little too quickly and should allow more, a little more breathing room. But you'll need to make a judgment call based on who's sending the email and its importance. Emails from your immediate team will take priority over those from other departments. You should respond within 12 hours. Emails from all other colleagues should be responded to within 24 hours. Emails from your CEO should take preference over other emails responding faster than 12 hours. Emails related to urgent product projects should take priority. And emails for less urgent matters can be attended to within four days. If you're having trouble getting to longer emails and a quick reply, you could send a quick reply acknowledging recipient of the email and inform the recipient you'll respond within the next few days. 
Use a shared inbox to respond to emails faster. A shared inbox is an email inbox many teammates can have access to send, receive, reply, forward, and archive emails from the same address. Huh. Don't send emails over the weekend. You can also do, if you have an idea, if you want, if suddenly you have an idea on the weekend and you're like, oh, I'm going to email the, I need to email somebody about so-and-so. If it can wait till Monday, do the send later. That it will email, it's a function, a lot of, I think Gmail has it and a bunch of other ones. It allows you to send it on Monday morning. So you're not sending it Saturday afternoon, you're sending it Monday morning. Because Saturday in the afternoon, they might see it and go, wait, what the heck? Don't they realize it's my weekend? As I have mentioned many times on this show, weekends are sacred. Use email fields properly. Don't overuse this field. When the information in the email is relevant to the intended recipient and you want to keep them updated. For example, okay, so CC. Don't overuse this. A lot of people do. Of all of the things I've talked to you about today on this podcast, please, please, please tell me what you think because this is a hot topic. This is a hot button issue. CC. Tell me what you think. 336MM daily. That's 3 plus 3 equals 6MM as a Mike Matthews daily isn't what this podcast will try to be. But uh, honestly, I'm probably not going to do one tomorrow. We might pick it up on Tuesday. But listen, people overuse the CC. Oh, there's this one guy at work. Oh my gosh. He sees me, CCs me on everything, on stuff I don't need. I'm not interested in. Really, I'm going to have to have a sit down with them. I think the person to person is where when you actually see them and you tell them, look, why? There's no reason why I need to be CC'd on any of this. But yeah, so when the information in the email is relevant to the intended recipient. Now, that's a judgment call. Is it really relevant to Mike? Is it really relevant to whoever it is? Think about it. Think about it first. When you want to make the email more of a priority, then you CC someone higher up in the company. But not me, please. And when you're helping a coworker with their work while they're on holiday and want to keep them in the loop, you could CC them. Although that's annoying because if they happen to glance in their email, well, when you're on vacation, when I was in Florida, from the podcast picture, I was not checking email. I accidentally did because I had to get a, uh, one of my apps said, oh, we have to confirm that it's you. We just sent a, a code to your email. I'm like, oh, I got to open my company email, shoot. And then I had to get that. And then I open it and I see, oh no, why is this guy being, e- why am I getting an email from this guy? Oh no. And then that added all this stress on top of everything else going on. On that trip to Florida BCC That's the blind CC Only uh, use that If you want to protect people's emails From being exposed without their permission If you Think a 
BCC recipient may reply to an email with a reply all. Use CC instead. Reply all will expose their email to everyone and that defeats the purpose. Use reply all correctly. When you reply, it's only one person. And a lot of people, when I, when I send an email to multiple people, one of them will reply back using just the reply. So the other four don't see it when those other four need to be privy to what this guy is saying. So then I end up having to forward his response back to the four people. And it's like, don't you know how email works? When you click reply all, you email everyone included to and the CC fields. Use reply all if you feel your response is important. Everyone should know. But if it seems it needs to be used more often Otherwise, then I'm having to, yeah. Forwarding lets you, but then I also understand, yes, if you're just replying just to me and not to everybody else, there is something you're secretly saying to me that you don't want everyone else to know. I got that and I respect that. So I won't send that to everybody. But still, set, put open up a whole other email then and send it directly to me so that it's a side comment, conversation, communication. And use forwarding appropriately. Forwarding lets you resend an email to another address in just a few clicks. It's commonly used when the recipient believes the email's information is vital to someone else who didn't receive it. People will put in their FYI. See below. But not all emails should be forwarded. Here's the etiquette there. According to front.com Do not forward email containing sensitive information If some of the email's contents need to be forwarded Erase the sensitive information first Very easy to do Just delete For emails containing loads of information Long email threads that get turn into gobbledygook When you're just scrolling, 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 scrolling Keep them running, scrolling, rawhide Summarize the key points before sending so the recipient doesn't have all of that to sift through. Bunch of old emails to figure out what needs to be taken action on. And remember to set those out of office messages. Out of office replies. Those automatic replies sent in response to incoming emails informing senders that you're out of the office until a specific date. And respond when you return. These messages are commonly used when people go on vacation. They also include a note informing people who they can contact for any urgent requests. Keep it short. Just a quick like, thanks for email. I'm on leave until whatever. May 5th. I have no access to my emails during this time. For any urgent requests, contact so-and-so. Best And the bottom line Email etiquette rules Are here to stay Proper email etiquette Will always be crucial Because it orders Our communication Improves efficiency Makes us look professional That's why we have rules Like using proper salutations Replying promptly And setting out of Office replies While we should continue to follow these rules to guide our email communication, we shouldn't forget that the way we communicate is ever-changing. There you go. That was published about a year ago. 
but I think it applies to today from front.com. Okay, something else very interesting, and I'll wrap it up. It, that is Terry Crews. You know who he is? He's the good-looking, b- bald fella who's about my age. I think we're the exact same age, but he's super buff. He is speaking out on the infamous event that occurred between two of his dear friends at the Oscars. Now, he was part of the television show Everybody Hates Chris that Chris Rock was involved with. He was the dad in that that was super money conscious. Do you remember that? He's always like, he, he's looking how much mayonnaise is left in the jar. You know how people just throw out a mayonnaise jar when it's done and he's like scooping up. Look, this is about a dollar's worth of mayonnaise left. Love that show. But he... <laughs> He said that uh, he praised Chris Rock for keeping his composure after being assaulted on stage, but he refused to demonize Smith for his actions. Both Will Smith and Chris Rock are dear, dear friends of mine. I love them both as brothers, but there was a time in my life where I was Will Smith at that moment. And let me tell you, I've done worse than Will. He says the definition of toughness where I grew up And the way I was, it was always the ability to strike, the ability to punch, the ability to set things straight, to even the score. But the true definition of toughness was what Chris did in taking a punch and then holding everything together and then showing tremendous endurance and resilience in the middle of obstacles. I think it was a miracle what Chris did. I really do. I couldn't believe his poise in that moment. I thought, holy cow, we owe him a lot. I think every performer owes him so much because it just really saved Hollywood in that moment. I'm very thankful to Chris, but I also understand Will. I'm not the one to demonize Will at all because I was there. This is interesting. Wow, this is interesting. And he was... Terry Crews has had his own interesting... (laughs) That was also... That was for Fox News by way of Yahoo News written by Janelle Ash and Baloney Terry Crews has had his own issues Wowie wow 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 Um, let's see if we that's right there was the sexual assault case in 2017 in the wake of numerous Hollywood actresses going public with their stories of sexual harassment and assault by film producer Harvey Weinstein, Terry Crews revealed that a male Hollywood executive groped him at a party in 2016, but he did not report the incident for fear of retaliation. It was later revealed that the high-level executive was the head of the motion picture department of the talent company that Terry was part of. For his part in coming forward with the sexual assault allegation, he was named one of the silence breakers from the Time Person of the Year Award, Terry Crews, who is a devout Christian. He met Rebecca King when he was a college sophomore, and she was the music minister. Terry Crews detailed in a book his long-standing pornography addiction which had seriously affected his marriage and his life, but which he overcame around 2009 after entering rehabilitation. 
He has taken an active role in speaking out about the condition and its impact, including posting on Facebook. And he is very keen on personal development. And his favorite book is The Master Key System by Charles F. Hanet. Terry Crews. So there is that bit of story outside of cafe anyway, somewhere in Podcaster Valley. A little bit of story here, a little bit of story there. Look who's here. Hello, my friends. It's Shelly. Too hard to get your That's all fascinating. That's right. Shelly, very fascinating stuff. And I'm glad you're here outside of cafe anyway with the birds. They sound so nice, Mike Matthews. They are. They sound wonderful. They sound so great. I love the way they sound. I'm sounding very Christopher Washington right now. I don't know who that is, Mike Matthews. Yeah. Look who else is here. Oh, Mike, this is Floyd the Floorman. And this is John Deere, the engineer. All of that very fascinating stuff, Mike Matthews. The phone system works. Oh, good. So if you would like to call and tell me what you think about anything we covered today, 336-MM-DAILY, 3 plus 3 equals 6. MM is in Mike Matthews. Daily is in what this podcast is. You can also comment on any of the social media that I am at to find out what, where and when and why and who and what I am at. You can go to the website, mikesdailypodcast.com for all of that info. And now a big congratulations out to A-Frame, her child, her firstborn is now walking. Congratulations to her. And she is now ending the show with more info on how to reach her. Mike's Daily Podcast is written and produced and performed by Mike Matthews. His podcast is super easy to find. Download or listen to his show and read his blog at mikesdailypodcast.com. Email Mike now at mikesdailypodcast at gmail.com. See you tomorrow. Bye.